Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Welcome back to Purely OCD. (laughs) We're here. We are we're a mighty hear us roar apparently okay so sorry we were gone um we had a lot of things going on and uh last of the summer vacations and etc etc but we're back here we are we're we're here to talk to you all about self-compassion in the context of living with ocd yeah so let's do it let's shall we yeah, I, we did get a lot of questions. Um, some of them will hopefully get time to answer, but yeah, yeah, and maybe we do a two-parter on this if if necessary, so we can always. Um, but maybe we just start with what in the world self-compassion is. So, sorry, I, the camera got all messed up. So okay. self-compassion, yeah. It's, it is. It's a, <laughs> think of compassion and then mm-hmm. think of self. Yes. There, there it is. You apply the compassion toward the self. Toward the self. Love self. Love self, which is, I think, a lot easier said than done for a lot of us. Absolutely. In fact, one of the comments we received was, why is self-compassion so yucky or gross to me? And I would say I had a very similar experience. Um, but, you know, loving yourself is very counter into it. Like it's counter what we're taught is like, oh, I, I love myself versus loving others. It's like culture puts us down. Like you have to be hard on yourself and that's how you get things done. Yeah. Um, and why would I give myself any grace or compassion if I'm not being the best version of myself? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's so true. We have this mentality of like bust out the whip and go to town when right. we're not doing things in some way, shape or form that we want to be doing them or the part of us wants to be doing them. Um, and we see this a lot, I think with, once you have an under a basic understanding about how OCD works and then you find yourself yourself <clears throat> still <laughs> engaged. Mm-hmm in compulsions that Mm. there's this tendency for people to beat themselves up as if that's going to stop them from doing compulsions. And if anything, it tends to make people feel worse about themselves and then Mm -hmm. 
want to do things to make themselves feel better. And it's a vicious cycle where we're now, you know, now we're anxious and it's like, oh, but I just need that, that momentary relief. I'm not feeling strong and resilient because I've been beating the hell out of myself for the last two hours, two days, two weeks, whatever. It's the second arrow. Yeah. Talk about, I don't know if we've talked about the second arrow. Maybe we have, but I think. I'm sure at some point we have. It's a good refresher though. Please, Kelly. You probably tell it a lot better. I don't remember the details, but it's basically someone gets shot in the leg. (laughs) Ace Ventura. (laughs) Ah! Ah! <laughs> I've been shot in the leg. Um, is it the leg or it's your shot? Could be. The initial yeah. pain. And then the suffering comes in and the se- is not really a second arrow, but it's saying the pain. I'm so upset that I even got shot in the first place. Yep. Right. And so it's like you can't avoid pain. Pain is inevitable. That's what we are human. That's going to happen. But suffering is optional. And that's what the concept of that theory is, which is really the arrow happened. Okay, let's let's, uh, leave space and say, yes, this is very painful, but not get into the resistance of it and be like, well, why did this have to happen to me? Who's the person that did it? How dare them do that? I was just just whining. This is ridiculous, (laughs) ridiculously unfair. Yeah. Yeah, well said. And I think with self like, or with beating up on yourself versus self-compassion, that that would sound like, okay, so the pain inherent to life, especially life with OCD, is that you're going to experience anxiety. You're going to experience maybe the urge to do a compulsion. And sometimes you're even, even going to do the compulsion. So you've uh-huh. done the compulsion and then you kind of come to and you realize what you've done. The, the, the arrow that's already been slung and shot is, is the pain associated with losing time and attention to this behavior that doesn't really serve you or matter to you. That's already done. So what do we have? Well, we don't now need to start prepping to shoot the second arrow and, you know, make you now feel worse about the fact that you've already done this thing. You could, of course, acknowledge where you feel maybe disappointed or frustrated. That's Yeah, important. that's... Right. And, you know, going to the Kristen Neff stuff is anybody in this position would feel upset, right? Like that Mm -hmm. other people experience this as well. Um, Yeah. So just to to keep people in, because I I love that you're taking it on to Kristen Neff. Dr. Kristen Neff is kind of like the self-compassion woman. Uh, She and her counterpart, uh, Christopher Germer, have done a ton of research and written a lot on the subject of self-compassion. So she has, look at that. What the, the, what does it say? The proven power of being kind to yourself and self-compassion. Yeah. But it talks about the three. You go ahead. No, so that I was I was gonna hand it back off to you because you already started talking about the no you you well. Kelly already mentioned common humanity. So when we're practicing self-compassion, like with anything, it can be helpful to break it, break it down into bite-sized pieces because it's like, again, this nebulous concept of let's practice self-compassion. Right. So first is mindfulness, which of course we talk about a whole lot on here. Yeah. And the basic definition, I think that we both 
tend to use is uh, present moment awareness without judgment. So bringing mindfulness to your experience, whether that's thoughts or feelings or a situation, an experience that's already happened. So a memory, even if it's a very recent memory, Mm -hmm. uh, urges, sensations, all of it, that you can apply mindfulness. You can say, oh, look, I'm having this thought um, about how much it sucks to have OCD. Yep. I'm having this feeling of frustration. Uh, I am, and uh, you can see. <clears throat> and now I'm experiencing uh, pain, right? And yeah, acknowledging the the pain that goes with anything. Yeah, yeah, and but with this non-judgmental attitude, not like ugh, I don't want to feel this, but mm-hmm. more, oh, this is here. This is here. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> this, here is here. Is. <laughs> this is here. This is here. All right. All right. And it's just so, the acknowledgement. Right. And that opens the door to having a different response because mm-hmm. otherwise you're probably going to capitulate into the old behavioral patterns that, that you are predisposed to. So that's one. Then I'm, I'm going to hand it off baton to you mm-hmm. for common, common humanity. Common humanity is acknowledging that other people experience pain and suffering as well. And it kind of, widens out our landscape because we get very um, hyper fixated and very tunnel vision on our pain and suffering. And it's, and the reality is, is that's really getting us stuck. Whereas if we widen up and we go, Oh, I'm not the only one. And it's also very validating to know, you know what, anybody in this context would be struggling they would have this experience as well or something very similar. So it normalizes, it validates, and it kind of keeps us in a reality check as well. Totally. I would say. Yeah. And yeah. And that, just that piece of connection that we've talked about before being so important, right? Like the loneliness that happens in, in those moments when you do turn inward and you're just sort of staring at the thing that's not working, it, it, it's, very difficult. And so recognizing, you know what? And I I think what I love about this part of the self-compassion equation is specifically looking at the circumstance that you're in. I bet a lot of people with OCD have a difficult time not doing compulsions. Yes. Or content related of OCD too, right? Is um, having like taboo thoughts you know i'm not the only one in this now granted there's com- there's compulsions that can occur but we can talk about that later mm-hmm. um like anyone who's having these types of intrusive th- thoughts are going to feel a tremendous amount of pain yeah and i'm and i'm you know i'm not i'm it's not a reflection of who i am per se yeah yeah. And to your point, it is, it's, yeah, it gets messy. Well, right. The compulsivity potential, but we definitely are going to address that later for sure. But I, I think the element of, and even if we were talking about with content, you could say something like, I bet a lot of people with POCD are triggered going to a park. Yep. Right. And it's not, there's no reassurance. There's no saying that like, this doesn't mean anything, right? It might mean something, but I bet a lot of people who are like me 
lot, but that a lot of people have these thoughts, right, right, or these feelings. Uh, yeah. But no, I I love uh, it's just it's a difficult thing to navigate sometimes. Yeah, we can definitely talk about it. We yeah. will. So the third piece is loving kindness. Yeah, and and self, self yeah, loving self kindness and um. You know, this is where, as we've talked about before, having a friend understands this. I can, I can always imagine what I would say to Kelly always. Mm. Right. Like, and I would not be half the time. And even today it's still a a practice, Mm. you know, that I will be much more inclined to jump in and be like, God, you're such an idiot. Why'd you do that? As opposed to with you, I'd never do that. I'd never in a million years be like, you idiot. Unless I was totally joking, being like, we're such idiots, you know? Right, right. Right. And I think that piece is actually a lot harder than, it's probably the hardest piece, right? Well, they're all really hard, actually. The mindfulness piece is really hard. But but the, I think the, that's the yucky piece, right? Yeah. Yeah. The part that I, I had one cringy. Client, cringy. I heard one client call it, uh, say that it was like navel gazy. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like they're, the, they're afraid that they're going to turn into navel gazer. I'm like, yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. It, it, it has that sense of, and I think it's uncomfortable because we haven't practiced it. It doesn't mean anything that it's uncomfortable. A lot of people think. Right. We don't need to analyze it. It is what it is. I mean, right. some we could, but that's not helping us in this moment. Okay. Um, we still yeah. have to do it, right? We still want to yeah, work on it. I often say, I'm with you. I do the same thing with you. I also think about my own child. Mm-hmm. And I, what I tell my clients is that, or if they don't have children sometimes, but they might have like a niece or a cousin and I think if they came, I tell them, if they came to you and they said, what you just told me, would you tell them what you're telling yourself? Yeah. Like, I, there is a hard stop in my sessions. We do not talk that about ourselves. Yep. <laughs> and yep. usually it generates tears, mm. right? Usually it generates a pretty powerful experience for folks. And um, I think it's that it can be that drastic. There's this huge gap of how differently we see ourselves versus others. Absolutely. Um, so it can really give perspective as well. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's so true. I think oh, with the, the element of, of calling on what, you know, what you would say to someone else, I think I really, I, I do tend to normalize for people that it's, it's uncomfortable because, because of the lack of practice, right? Yeah. Like, because, um, you're in the the practice of saying nice things to other people. And most of us are not in the practice of saying nice things to ourselves. So it's like, anything is going to feel clumsy when you first start doing it. It's like riding a bike. You're not, you know, immediately going to have it all figured out and it's going to feel weird or off. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say something else, but it escapes me. So there you go. It, it may or may not come back, but um, yeah, yeah. Why yeah. I think you're talking about why it feels 
uncomfortable. I think also it's really hard to accept. Some people have just a harder time accepting kindness um, or hearing kind words too, like that it feels too, I don't know. It's just a disgust factor for me. (laughs) Trust me, I've come a long way, but I can still, I can still access that feeling when I first started. Um, But it's actually such a powerful experience. It's often overlooked, I think, in this very manualized treatment of OCD. But clearly it's such a huge component of recovery because the more we beat up on ourselves, like Lauren said earlier, the more stuck we become in all of it. It's like the pain is already there. Why are we putting salt in it now? Yes. And even beyond the realm of OCD, if you walk out of, of the treatment process and you're not talking to yourself differently, yeah, then that that's a real shame because your brain is the only one that you have to live with 24 seven. And you deserve to live with one that is going to be supportive and yes, have expectations of you and maybe be firm in moments, but be loving and be kind. Right. So, you know, from that vantage point, if there's a benefit to having to go through this process, I think that's certainly one of them. And, and, you know, it's, but it's a weird practice. It's very, and it's very, yeah, very much a practice. Yeah. Um, I'm reading this really good book about love and it's actually like self-compassion by Thich Nhat Hanh. How do you say his name? Thich Nhat Hanh. Yeah. Thich Nhat Hanh. So, he talks about love, mm. compassion, and how a lot of people use the word compassion instead of love because, because the word love, as he says, is like God, the word itself has in the cultures have made it a sick word. Like it's, I love food. I love this. He's like, but that's not the true definition of love. So people mm-hmm. use the word compassion instead but really it's self-love if you're looking at it by true definition of how it was originated. Yeah. And he's like, love isn't about food. It's about seeing people suffering and then understanding that and having compassion and then vice versa to self. Mm. Um, like the term has been bastardized somehow yeah. because it's applied to too many different things. It's, yeah. It's just too overused. It's misused. Yeah. Oh, I love my desk. Oh, I lo- like, no, right. <laughs> that's not love. <laughs> no, that's true. Like the, the nuance in, in the, <clears throat> the verbiage around it all. And yeah, we savor f- food or we might relish food, but that right. doesn't like, I, I hear what you're saying in, in terms of. Yeah. So he's like, I'm not going to say self-compassion. I'm going to say self-love. Because I want to redefine, I want to get it back. I want that word back in circulation and being used correctly. And Kristen Neff talks about that as well. It's um, like love the verb rather than love the feeling though. Yeah. It's like what we talk about in the realm of relationship OCD is it's like right. showing up, talking to yourself differently. I think that's what mm-hmm. I was going to say before is that we're developing a healthy relationship with ourselves. And yeah, most repairing. of us... Exactly. Most of us have been in really abusive relationships with ourselves. And we wouldn't expect that if we screamed at somebody else, that our relationship would be healthy and good. And yet 
there's this expectation that we should be able to just treat ourselves that way. And so self-compassion is really, um, self-love is about developing this, this healthy relationship with yourself. And that's, that's directly going to be tied to your well-being because again, you are with yourself 24 hours a day, seven days a week, forever and ever. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's a nightmare in here. Um, sometimes, sometimes. (laughs) but it also, here's another good side effect is that in turn, when you practice this, you can move much easily, much more easy through rough patches. Um, cause oftentimes what we see is our clients might be doing really well and, and then all of a sudden they have a bad day and then it's what's wrong with me? What's wrong with this? Why is this here? Why do I keep having intrusive thoughts? I thought I was past this. Then we just start making things so much more difficult instead of saying, okay, pain's here. Mm -hmm. And anyone would feel this upset I got you. I'm gonna, yeah. We're going to move through hand. this. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to move through this instead of digging our heels deeper and deeper and then beating ourselves up with like even just ruminating. What did I do wrong to, you know, OCD yeah. can get really twisted into this one, but yeah. Um, it's like we yeah. abandon ourselves. Yeah. In the moments then we, we most need support, right? We, we just are like, Screw you. You messed up. Can you imagine? Right. Like, can I bring G into this? Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, she's struggling with something and you're like, you screwed Yikes. up. Yikes. That's done. really bad that you're having. <laughs> yeah. What an like, idiot. What, what you most need in those moments is for somebody, even if it's yourself. It's so, so weird. Like, hold your hand, right? Like, right. walk with yourself through it. Not, not, oh, well, you're a lost cause. Bye. Like, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Disowned. Done. Can you imagine? No. Right. It's amazing that we've gotten so far as as a culture on that belief. And yet. Just we fell off the map. (laughs) I blame the industrialized revolution. Ah, that's true. There's. (laughs) I do toodle. um, There is this. Part. Oh shoot! I lost it. No, ah. I don't. Okay. I don't. Um, I am aware of time. Should we? Should we oh. ask some questions or answer some questions yes. and maybe do a part two on this? Because I think that we could talk about like we mentioned before, um, pitfalls. like loving kind pitfalls, loving kindness meditation. Um, so maybe part two, we'll talk about those. Yeah, like the potential for compulsivity and stuff. Yes. Um, didn't mean to cut you off though. If you get your nope. back, you bring that back. Um, so one of the questions, I, I don't know if let's just go into this one. Do it. How do you display self-compassion without being re- giving reassurance? Uh-huh. So here it is. What we just said. So maybe yeah. we'll just touch on this and then we'll have to wrap it. But yeah. Take it, sister. Well, I, I guess it depends on what's how it's being used. Um, 
anything can be compulsive. Once we start doing it to gain reassurance and we know it, like we have to have an honest inventory in these moments of like, am I getting this to get a hit? First of all, like, am I doing this compulsively? So that's probably step one. Um, Lots of times people do get concerned and overly involved in is something compulsive or is it not? And then they spend, right? So we have the same brain. That's where mine went to. But yeah, basically, if it goes there, abandon ship, just make your best choice. But just do it quick too. (laughs) Yeah. Just (laughs) snappy. Maybe it is a compulsion. Cool. Let's do this. Um, (sighs) However it ends, it's fine. Move on. But I think... Yeah. Just checking in with yourself. Am I doing this to to try to, to give myself a sense of certainty that, that I'm not whatever it is that I'm afraid of. Yeah. That this is for sure OCD that I'm not the thing that I'm afraid I am. Um, or that the, the feared thought isn't going to come to pass, right. Whether that, like, I'm going to have these thoughts forever. We don't, that if we're using self-compassion to be like, it's going to be okay. Well, I mean, there's, there's an argument to be made there because I think it's going to be okay whether or not you have the thoughts forever or not. But I I think that perhaps steering toward the recognition of it. Right. The generality of it, right? Like pain. Yeah. Like I'm witnessing this thing and a lot of other people experience pain. Um, That that takes that out of the realm of and because I think the example we gave before is somebody with POCD um, goes, you know, or you were saying taboo and then I went into POCD, but like taboo thoughts is going to say, oh, well, lots of people with OCD have strange thoughts like this, or lots of people generally have sort of off the wall thoughts like this, that, um, which is fine to say once. Yeah. Or twice in your life. But if we're saying it to get reassurance, that's yeah, to, to get sh- absolutely sure that you, there's not something wrong with you or you're not bad, or this isn't an indicative of indicative of a problem. That's where yeah. it becomes an issue. So keeping it broad, I think is a good, a good way to tackle it. And, right. and also just saying, yeah, like I, I think keeping it to the feelings, a lot of people feel pain. A lot of people feel sadness. A lot of feel, people feel anxiety. A lot of people with OCD feel anxiety, right? Yeah. So step one, the present awareness and mindfulness without judgment. I experiencing mm-hmm. pain, right? Mm-hmm. Step two, common humanity. So we're saying a lot of people experience pain. I'm not alone in this. Step three is I'm going to love the shit out of myself. (laughs) Even if it feels really yucky and uncomfortable and it feels like, what's the point of this? I should just be mean and yell at myself because that's how change happens. That's a lie. Keep going and be nice. (laughs) That's that's a lie. Keep going and be nice. You heard it here first. (laughs) Kelly Frankie crushing it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, That's a lie. It is a lie. It's you can hold yourself accountable. This is the last thing I'm going to say. Like Lauren said, is you can be like, tomorrow I'm going to do something, you know, I'm going to do this differently or whatever it is that, you know, if you end up doing compulsions or later I'm going to try this, but to always be nice no matter what. 
Being yeah. mean is never helpful. You mm-hmm. never win. Mm-mm. No. And I think it's because basically people are, when, when you're mean to yourself, it's like, you can't do anything right. That's a common one. You can't do yeah. anything right. It's so all or none. And it basically suggests that you are incapable of change. Yeah. Kindness comes in and says, you know, I see that you did that thing and that's disappointing. And I believe in your capacity to do something different next time. Bam. Drop the mic. Bam. There, there it is. Perfect <laughs> example of self-compassion. But, um, I'd be interested. Hopefully people will maybe give us feedback on this. because I think maybe detailing this out more could be helpful. Um, maybe we can save the questions too. Oh, okay. I don't know uh, if there were more. Good. Meanwhile, meanwhile, um, we do have to end. Thanks for joining us all. Thank you for joining us. We're glad to be back. We are always. Okay. See you friend. I will uh, talk to you soon. I'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you. So please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.